Hello, and welcome to Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, covering political and social issues one liberty at a time, with entertaining insights of current events and important discussions on topics that affect us all, shining the torch of liberty and brightening the future by bringing libertarianism into our everyday life. And now, your host, the friendly neighborhood libertarian, Jason Lyon, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth on Muddied Waters Media. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're here. We're here. It's Friday again. Welcome in, everybody. So glad you're here. So glad you could join us today. And uh, we've got quite a bit to talk about today. You can see I was not prepared to go to that scene. I may have clicked it. Um, I was not prepared to have the lights turned on. That's a little bright. I was prepared for this beautiful Tumblr. But we can talk more about that later. I want to thank you guys all for being a part of today, for hopping in here, hanging out with me. Of course, I am Mr. Merka, the Bearded Truth, Jason Lyon, and this is a Muddy Waters Media production. I want to give a big thank you to Matt Wright and Spike Cohen for continuing to give me a platform to come out here to talk about things. Today, we're going to be talking a lot about what what happened in uh, Uvalde, Texas. We're going to talk a little bit about that because it's important to understand, you know, as another school shooting occurred specifically uh in rob elementary there um we got to talk about a lot of the things that are coming out from it because there's a lot of dishonesty in the in the rhetoric that that coming through um hey i appreciate that uh narcissistic thank you so much i know who you are love you appreciate it um but so we're going to go through all of that so we've got a hell of a show lined up. So thank you to Matt and Spike for giving me a platform to come out here and talk about these things, to talk about the events and talk about some of the, the you know, some of the theory and the libertarianism so that we can work towards a better society. So I hope that I'm able to provide you guys with a lot of that good stuff. Um, big shout out and a big thank you to Brian Scott Lambrick and Jenny for the opening uh, intro that we use on every show here on Mr. America, the bearded truth. Thank you to Nate Luke for the hold music, allowing me to give me some time to uh, send out the tweets and the messages to, to get you guys to know that we're going live. So thank you guys so much for that. Um, you guys of course can hear this stream on all of our platforms, which is Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch float. There we go. Or, of course, you can find us on your favorite podcast app. So anywhere, everywhere that you want to find us, Muddy Waters Media is there for you. And if you want to help out Muddy Waters Media, of course, I would encourage you guys to go be a part of the exclusive group. Become a subscriber. Become a Mud Mudwater Mudsketeer. You know the title. You can do this by going over to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters slash subscribe. And just for the low, low price of $10 a month, you can get so much beautiful exclusive content. You could be a part of the muddied Zoom. Now that's no longer becoming public. That is straight exclusive content. And there has been incredible um, conversations being happening in the background where you can also use some of those times to maybe... Cast a little bit of your influence and to see how you want Muddy Waters Media to change. Welcome in, Alfonso. So there is a lot of stuff. Head on over to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters slash subscribe to be a part of this. And you guys, I guarantee you, you're not going to regret that. Um, of course, if you want to get some merch, you want to start repping Muddy Waters Media everywhere you go, head on over to muddywatersmedia.com slash store, buy your merch, 
replicas everywhere you go. You know, I've got I've got the uh, the iPhone case. I'm repping it. I love it. I hope you guys do too. So before before we dive into the topic today. We got to talk about Kelsey Lyon design. She is down there right now in Reno with a lot of the libertarians because there is the national convention starting up today, officially starting today. They're going through the credentialing. They may get through it this weekend. Who knows? Um, but Kelsey Lyon designs is doing a tremendous amount of work down there in order to help make this convention beautiful. She has worked on campaigns across the country. Um, whether it's Spike Cohen, Joe Jorgensen, Natalie Bruno, Ashley shade, she has been out there and she is working on countless campaigns. I don't even know how many campaigns she's actually working on. So if you're if you're looking to dive into making a campaign and run for office, reach out to Kelsey Lyon. If you have a business and you're looking to rebrand it or to make it better for optically, reach out to KelseyLyonDesigns.com. Use the code Muddied Waters and she's going to give you a nice discount over there. It's she's going to take care of you guys. Nug of knowledge. You guys want to get some greenery in your life? You want to be happier? You want to be, um, you want to get some knowledge? You you want some nugs? Head on over to nugofknowledge.com. Use the code BEARDEDTRUTH. You're going to get 10% off. You're going to love what you get. I guarantee it. So, let's dive into what happened Tuesday. There was a little bit, uh, you know, Tuesday's night show on Muddy Waters Media. If you guys missed that, Make sure you guys go back and check out Matt and Spike as they were talking about it. But it was too early because on Tuesday is when this shooting happened down there in Uvalde, Texas um, at Rob, (coughs) pardon me, down at Rob Elementary School. And so with all of that, it was too soon for them to be able to talk about this. Um, You know, they're probably going to hash this out again on Tuesday coming up next week. So make sure you guys are tuning in for that, of course, because they're going to have a lot more information than what even we're having today because of the ensuing conversations, because of the the legislation being proposed, um, because of the grandstanding on uh, different floors of of different Congresses across the country. Um, So there's going to be a lot of value there. But I also wanted to be able to take this opportunity to talk about this. What's going on, Terry? Um, I wanted to come out here and talk about this as well. So, sadly, Tuesday was not a good day for the country. Sadly, Tuesday was another situation where we had somebody who um, wanted to take an opportunity to commit as much pain and suffering as possible. And, of course, this was... um, For those of you who haven't seen any of this and i don't blame you for not wanting to follow this uh there was a young individual 18 years old just 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 turned 18 dropped out of high school um came from a past with living with his mother where she was having difficulty in life and she was uh she was an addict and there was a lot of issues circling around her life he moves to live with his grandmother um earlier this year and so just for a couple months, he was living with his grandmother and he was having one-on-one conversations with somebody and said that he was going to shoot her. Well, Tuesday was the day. And so he did, um, armed with two AR 15s or uh, within his kit, he had AR 15s. Um, he had, a, a vest in order to carry as much ammo as possible. And he drove a truck, crashed it out of school and, 
along the timeline. So at a 1140, the gunman was able to enter into a school, into the school of Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, and was able to enter. The officers, this is where it gets really interesting in the way the timeline breaks down. The officers at 1144, so four minutes later, show up to the scene. And when they show up to the scene, they took the opportunity to go, we're going to go stop this guy. And upon heading towards the building, the gunshots were, were still ringing throughout the school. They decided instead that in order for their their protection, in order to save themselves, they were going to create a perimeter around the school and prevent anyone from entering and not allowing anyone to exit while the school is in lockdown, while the gunman is inside still actively shooting. Over 40 minutes, maybe even over an hour, depending on where you're looking, there was nobody entering the school from law enforcement's side. Eventually, an immigration um, heavily armored team was showed up to the school about an hour later in order to go inside and find the gunman barricaded in a fourth grade classroom. During this, because of a result, as a result of this, 21 people have been killed. So it, it was a major travesty. It, it, my heart breaks for all the families. My, I'm just so strongly convicted that we have to have a conversation around this entire circumstance because there are so many points of failure in the way that our society has been structured due to legislation due to supreme court opinions that we have to talk about it all um i think one of the biggest there's there's points of failure in the beginning before tuesday even rolled around but on tuesday a lot of things were highlighted the first one, of course, is that the gunman was able to enter in through, not through a main entrance during the middle of the school day, which means that they did not have the safety protocols, as they said they did, um, of ensuring that out exterior doors were locked at all times the, to force anyone who would enter the school to go through the front door. Of course, even entering through the front door would not have stopped somebody in this circumstance. They, it would have resulted in different people dying I have very little doubt of this because these schools are commonly not armed with somebody is a public school. They may have one person or two people there that are armed at any given time up to, but even in the circumstance where somebody is driven to commit an atrocity like this, having one armed guard at the front door means that that is the first person that gets killed. And then you have free reign for the rest of through the rest of the building. So, of course, the security protocol of not having the doors locked during school, that is something that was missed. That's a, a, a that's a major issue. But upon the time of when this began, when this began, in that four minutes that it took officers to show up, when when seconds matter, the police are minutes behind. Four minutes for them to show up, and then a couple seconds later, they realize they're not going to enter this. This is ruled on by a Supreme Court opinion that law enforcement, despite many of them very proudly having on their police vehicles to protect and serve, have no obligation to put their own lives at risk. Now, many people are out there talking about 
Many people, you know, making memes and having conversations, stirring it up of pointing out that what if firefighters didn't want to go into a, a home because it was risky for them? What if, you know, paramedics didn't want to help save somebody's life because potentially that person had a, you know, had HIV and they had a cut on them and they didn't want to risk their lives. You know, the, the, the externalities of all this, the, the extremes that you can go to. And some of them are a little more ridiculous, right? Maybe the, maybe the medic one doesn't work for you. But the firefighter one stands firmly on scorched earth. Um, but it's, it's a matter here that when law enforcement don't have to protect and serve, there's a major fundamental issue. Now, there's another level to that 40 to an hour that they were standing by creating a perimeter. I told you that they were preventing people from coming in. This included family members that were nearby that knew that their children were inside. And this raises a massive concern. Because I've heard, I've listened to, I've argued, I've, I've discussed with former law enforcement and active law enforcement that law enforcement in those circumstances should be preventing people from going in because it could be dangerous for them. So in other words, it is the law enforcement's job to not go in and stop an active shooter in a school, to allow him to have free reign over a school for 40 minutes, an hour. We're just going to start saying an hour from here on out. Understand that it may be 40 minutes, it may be an hour. There's conflicting reports on this. (coughs) To give him free reign in there. And then to also not allow, to protect that area. And to serve in his interests of not allowing people to go in and try to protect their own. Because it could be dangerous for them. This is a conversation that needs to be had around this country. Because we all have this inherent right, this inalienable right to being able to have self-defense, to practice self-defense. And a part of self-defense is the defense of oneself and the defense of another. Now, these people were violated. They had their rights violated. Many of them were detained tackled to the ground and arrest or had handcuffs placed on them they were detained tasers were threatened and my concern is and as we've discussed about so many different laws across this country as we've discussed you know the eric garners where selling loose cigarettes could be a death sentence that if somebody really wanted to go inside in order to save the life of somebody else, would law enforcement in that circumstance been willing to kill somebody, preventing them from entering into that school to save the life of a loved one? What is the level? Where is the line of what law enforcement was willing to and not willing to do in that circumstance of ensuring that that barrier was created? Now I'm reminded of in Colorado just this last year of a mass shooter inside of a mall that was stopped by a good guy with a gun. We commonly talk about the good guy with a gun is the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun because when seconds matter, the police are minutes behind. Now, of course, this is Johnny Hurley. He was a libertarian. 
He believed in the self-defense and the defense of others. He believed in these ideas. He carried an order for that in that pursuance of defense. And in that circumstance, he did save countless lives because he took down the shooter. And in that circumstance, Johnny Hurley was killed by the police upon showing up. They didn't ask any questions. They didn't see that the situation was calming down at all. They didn't take any time at all to assess the situation. They shot first and asked questions later. And still, not anyone has been held accountable for killing John Hurley. So we have this entire system where people are entirely held unaccountable for their actions. We have a system where people cannot be responsible for their lives or the lives of others, cannot be able to be out there to protect their own. So I'm, I, I'm really hoping for a good conversation. And sadly, as a result of this circumstance there in uh, Uvalde, Texas, we've only seen more grandstanding. We've seen people standing on the bodies saying that we need to have more government. Well, in the circumstance of when it comes to gun-free zones, more than 80% of mass shootings happen in these, these gun-free zones. When you make areas a soft, soft target, such as a prime example would be the pulse shooter in Florida back in, I believe it was 2016. In 2016, a man wanted to wreck havoc one evening. And so he drove around in Florida and drove to, I believe the number was five different nightclubs the first four had armed guards outside you're not going into that there's too much risk and not a guarantee for the reward of what he wanted to pursue that's when he found pulse nightclub and that's when so many people were irreversibly damaged or killed that trauma that terror that he instilled into others was because they were they were not protected. And so there has to be a conversation of how do we protect American children in the education system? And sadly, because of a lot of the systems in the Department of Education and the way that we have our, our, our system structured, our public education, uh, our public schools, our government-ran schools more accurately described, they have a higher rate of violence, whether that's in bullying, assault, um, or even mass shootings. In the last couple of years, over the last, I believe it was a decade, there's 122 school shootings, or 100, and, uh, sorry, 132 school shootings. And there was only eight of them in other than government-ran public schools. We have a major problem in this country. And there has to be somebody out there addressing these issues rather than just thinking, well, if we just implemented a background check, the shooter here would have passed it. There are concerns about potentially him threatening to shoot up a school later when he was 14 years old as a juvenile. There's maybe a potential that that could have populated on some of on a background check, but it's not likely. You have people pushing just to remove firearms in general. Well, back in 2014, before the CDC was prohibited from doing gun studies, they found that between 500,000 and 3 million defensive uses of firearms are occurring each and every year. And with 500,000 defensive use of firearms each year, just on the low end of that spectrum, 
just on the 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 smallest part of that spectrum, five hundred thousand. That is five hundred thousand homicides prevented. That is five hundred thousand thefts that are pre- prevented. That is five hundred thousand rapes that is prevented. That is five hundred thousand assaults that are pro- er, prevented. There is so much good that can come from this in a society that embraces the ability for people to have an equalizer to be able to defend themselves. And so maybe the opportunity is not to force schools to have, you know, this type of a security, that type of a security, but to allow for schools to make those determinations, to allow for the individuals, the teachers, the faculty, to be able to determine if if I want to be able to practice my rights, maybe there could be a, a, a quick examination, a monitoring system of, of monitoring their mental health, things like that, to allow for them to not have their rights stricken from them, especially without due process in accordance with the Constitution, but to allow for them to be able to protect their lives and the lives of those children in those schools. It's clear to me that when we just say we just want to make the law-abiding citizen have a harder time to obtain these weapons, to do these things, that it's missing the entire big picture that these are people that don't necessarily care what the law says, right? I'm going to obtain a, a weapon on the black market. I don't care that it's the black market. If if there are people that are driven to commit atrocities, the amount of legality there is not a matter that is a concern for them. Many of these people are doing it in the pursuance of causing a national conversation. They Many of these people are writing manifestos to tell you exactly what their political agenda is with this, and they do not care whether they live or die as a result of these. These are people that, by many standards, are deranged. And so... We look at these things and we understand that a lot of the things that Republicans and Democrats are talking about are not actually in the pursuance of protecting the children. One of the most important institutions in any kind of a society is the education system. That's why it's such a high value in in how I conduct myself and things that I look at is how do we make the education system better? Because if you're able to raise up those standards, you raise up the society's ability to to prosper, to do well for themselves and for others. It's an incredibly important institution. So maybe it's time that we look at actually being able to protect them. (coughs) Pardon me. And so, so security allowing for faculty and staff members to be able to protect them. One of the biggest um, straw mans that I've seen when I bring that up is the idea is that, well, you know, staff members then have guns. Won't they shoot up the kids? And it's like, that is a valid concern that, you know, we don't want people to shoot up the kids. Of course, I agree with you. That is a major concern. The problem is, is right now, the way the system is structured you still can't, you could can still shoot up the children. These faculty members can still shoot up the children. This isn't a matter of suddenly now it's on the table because you've allowed for people to step up and to step into those roles. I want this to be a voluntary thing. Just like owning a firearm 
um, for your home, just like going through and carrying a firearm on your person. I want these to be voluntary. I don't want to force anybody to do these things, but I want people to have the opportunity to be able to protect themselves in the way that they see fit. Um, so I'm just looking at all this and I, I, it, it's frustrating to me because I feel like we aren't actually having good conversations across the spectrum. And so I, I, you know, I welcome anyone and everyone to be able to be a part of these conversations. Let me know if you think I'm wrong. Let me know if you think I'm right. You know, spread this message if you think I'm right. Drop it in the comment section if you think I'm wrong. But so many of the aspects that are coming out are just window dressing for what happened. But they're also to push an agenda. Okay, so here's a here's a, a quick comment that came in from YouTube. People are talking about giving teachers guns. My significant other gets $100 for supplies for the year. Where is this gun money hiding? This is, you know, when it comes to the Second Amendment, right? You have a right to self-defense. You have a right to firearms, but you or you have a right to obtain firearms, but you don't have a right to the firearms. This is something that, you know, I would not expect a school system to go and, and have a fund for paying for their teachers to buy ammo, to buy guns and everything else, especially as the rates of these, especially as the costs continue to grow. And so I am, <coughs> I, I understand some of the concerns when it comes to the money. When, when, when people bring that up, we'll sidebar this for, for a couple seconds real quick. When people talk about the money that teachers are not getting, and I agree with you. And you look over the historical facts of things. Teachers are not making that much money. Private school teachers make even less than public school teachers. By metrics, public schools are not doing as well as private schools. It's a weird thing. Um, but a lot of the money, the revenue going to the school systems themselves has been increasing incredibly so. Like every other government department and agency out there. So it's staying at the top because these people at the top, they know what's best. And so they should be paid what's best. And so there, there's a battle within that. And there's a lot of corruption in the way that the funding is allocated by our education system throughout the education system. It is very much a top heavy thing and it is not to the benefit of the students. It's not benefit to the, to the staff. And it's certainly because of those things is not a benefit to society. And this is why I'm a huge proponent of school choice. So the when I mentioned earlier about um a potential for this the shooter to have been arrested this is being alleged today by a Re Texas Republican he's claiming this um he was uh arrested while while being a minor after he told people he intended to attack a school when he turned 18. Um, quote, this wasn't hearsay. I got this late last night. The shooter was arrested years ago, four years ago for having his plan for having this plan to, for basically saying, you know, when I'm a senior in 2022, I am going to shoot up a school. His juvenile record has not been confirmed by police to this point. And when we talk also about the failures of the school system, I should have read this and I apologize for making this a little bit out of, out of place. Um, 
So CNN, from CNN, uh, reported Thursday that the Uvalde School District had a safety plan that includes its own police force, social media monitoring, and a threat reporting the system to provide a safe and secure environment for students. The two-page document on the district's website lists 21 measures that it says it has undertaken for the safety of the school community. Ranging from an app for reporting bullying to physical security measures like unlocked doors, like fencing and a buzz-in door system. It's not clear what degree the plan was developed with active shooters in mind. And I saw also that when we've, we've trained, we have trained students on active shooter drills for years. And so when they grow up, and should they decide to shoot up a school such as this individual, they understand the plan. They understand how to maneuver and navigate through these things. They understand where and how and everything else. Because these are not going to be um, anything more than semantically different from school to school to school because it's the same organization providing it for all of them across the board. Of course, that is the Department of Education. So we're having a massive thing where we think just navigating people around in a facility is going to save them. This isn't true. There has to be a difference. There has to be a change that comes about that allows for safety to be enacted, to be put in place, to be able to protect our kids, especially in the public school system, where this violence is so much more rampant than other places. Money has been become the god of this whole world. I agree. Um, it's it's terrible. So there's so much of this conversation that needs to be had amongst people who want to see a difference, not to stand on the bodies of 21 people and say, I had this idea that's not actually going to address this circumstance. That's not actually... I want to implement more background checks. That would not solve this. That would not have solved this at all. He bought it over the table. But turns out, through things like Fast and the Furious, we're willing to give cartels guns. Guns that are not legal for Americans to own. We will give it to people, and those will be distributed out as they see fit. The black market is, inc- is, is an easy way. In private-to-private sales, you cannot force a background check on a private-to-private sale. If it is not going through a FFL dealer, if it is not going through um, you know, a lot of these different things that are required by law, you can navigate around it by doing a private-to-private sale. So if somebody is deranged enough to get this, you have opportunities there. So these background checks, while they sound nice, they sound like they would be in the best of intentions the implementation would have not solved this. And so this is what we have. We have people standing on the bodies of these people and they're, they're trying to implement changes that won't stop those bodies from growing. That, sorry, from, from the number of those bodies from growing. It is a horrific situation. It is tragic to see things like this. There was two families that lost two children apiece. 
you have some republicans now talking about red flag laws red flag laws would have been great if it meant that people had due process and you know it would have been great for gary willis but instead gary willis was killed when they tried to implement or when they tried to confiscate his guns in maryland Red flag laws would be great if we didn't have a right to due process. Red flag laws would be great if it wasn't predicated on a snitch system. Wherein that we're trying to find people to point out other people and say, you need to go rough him up, government, and take away his stuff, and then let's see if he's going to be mad about it. We're in a struggle. We are in a giant struggle to find a good, effective way of stopping these things. And so far, my understanding to the, all the research that I've done, to all the people I've spoken with, the idea that if we allow for people to protect themselves, that that is a massive deterrent to, to these atrocities from happening. Nobody is going to go shoot up a gun range. Gun ranges are frequently having people in there shooting firearms, and it is so incredibly rare and mostly just freak accidents if somebody is to die in one of them. Because people are not going to go shoot up a place where they are going to be at risk for what they are doing. So I'm hoping that we can understand some of this stuff and we can push that way of actually implementing things where instead of we say government save us because when you get rid of temporary freedoms temporary liberties and the pursuance of freedom you receive neither because just like there on tuesday when seconds matter police are minutes away an hour away and it's not even the police it's it's the immigration forces and this is, of course, coming off of, in 2020, Uvalde uh, City or County was boasting about a new SWAT team in order to come in and save the schools and save the day. They were going to be there in time. They're going to rush in and they're going to save the day. So I'm sure many of you have seen this on Facebook and everything else. It's not working. They're not going to come in and save us. They're not going to come in and protect us. They're going to wait until it is safe for them to step in and protect and serve and this is a massive problem (coughs) i'm glad to see republicans and democrats crying out for that that the handling from the police was absolutely wrong and abhorrent and it needed to be handled better i'm glad that that happened but it sucks that the uvalde police chief uh daniel rodriguez when he issued a statement on thursday two days later He said, it is important for our community to know that our officers responded within minutes. They responded within minutes, and as I said, they created barriers and prevented people from going in and trying to protect their loved ones when the police were refusing to do so. He also said that officers who responded to the shooting saved lives, despite waiting before physically confronting the suspect who was held up in classroom. They saved lives by not allowing people to go in and try to actually save the lives instead of allowing for a man to be sitting there fishing from a barrel.
It's disgusting. I'm I'm so entirely disgusted and nauseated from this circumstance and the way that it's unfolded and that we are not anywhere closer to looking at actual substantial changes being made in order to help protect our schools, to protect our children. Another comment coming in. I saw Uvalde police posting not to donate to GoFundMe and to only donate to an account they acquired for the families. They won't do anything to save the children, but they will accept money. Mm. That, yes. They will they would be happy to benefit from this. They would be happy to go forward and benefit from this. But when it comes to actually putting themselves at risk, we need to create a barrier and, and detain the family members. We need to detain the people from being able to protect so we can save their lives. <sighs> I want to know what you guys are hearing. What do you, are you guys are you guys hearing the same thing that I am? It's just nothing but good intentions to a, a circumstances that are not based around this context at all that won't actually solve the problems that we're facing that is actually just going to make it worse off for law-abiding citizens. We need to have longer holds. We need to do this, that, and the other. We need to make it to where it costs more money so that poor people can't afford to get their guns. We need to make it, you know, this, that, and the other. This is all that this conversation has boiled down to. And I understand the gun control conversation is one that is being had so prevalently over time. You have people adamantly who have never been around a firearm in their life, basically, adamant that they understand these circumstances, that they understand how they work and they function, and they understand that every firearm out there is a fully automatic weapon. It's a ghost gun. It shoots a a thousand rounds per minute. We need to have a level of understanding in this country on something that so many people are so incredibly passionate about. You cannot reason with somebody on, you cannot reason with somebody and give them logic to change their mind if they came to it from an emotional point of view. This is the biggest struggle that we face when it comes to this conversation around gun control is how do we take emotional people who got to their position, who got to their passion through an emotional means and how do we match that emotion to be able to challenge their idea on their level to be able to bring them to a point of of logic and reason to be able to actually have substantiated conversations of course if you guys look back at the previous shows we've talked a lot about this there's some some important skills and so i'll I'll leave you guys to go check those out um (coughs) i apologize i am coming over a sinus infection from over the weekend and uh it's still a struggle but i will leave that to you guys to be able to go check out those episodes to find out ways of being effective in your communication with people so you can talk on the same level to be able to to move those um but i if you guys follow my twitter 
I was talking the other day, or I shared a tweet, and I think I shared it on Muddy Waters Media page itself. Um, but it was basically to the effect of everybody is using their nine-year-old, their seven-year-old, their six-year-old, their four-year-old um, to to come up with these grand ideas, and they post them on Twitter, they post them on Facebook, and it it was kind of comical to me. I believe that this one was. Um, was the uh, was a Washington Post article, but they had actually used a nine-year-old. Oh, never mind. No, this was a mother, but she had a nine-year-old. Nine. So this this woman suggested officers should have been willing to sacrifice their own lives to save children. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad idea. We expect our military to step in, even when it's unsafe for them to go and do the right thing. Of course, the mission is most important, so you have to be able to find safe ways to navigate, but sometimes there's no safe way, but you have to get the mission done. In this circumstance, when you have an active shooter actively shooting in a school by himself, that's the mission, not to create perimeters and everything else. She continued on with a quote. That's what they signed up for. It's common sense. If they had shot him down, the kids have come, could have come out through the door. Heartbreaking to know that these kids were left with nothing to protect them. But just the limited number of rounds that he had on his person. And of course, we're going to see legislation where it's like, well, we just need to ban ammunition. We need to make ammunition more expensive. We need to to um, ban magazine sizes, um, even standard magazines. We need to limit the amount of, of resources that people can use. And this is, of course, where the point of 500,003 million defensive use of firearms is so carries just so much weight on this conversation. 500,000 defensive uses, 3 million defensive uses. Between that range is, a, is, is a clearly a large spectrum, but even at the most conservative of values of 500,000, it is it's massive. And so we have to listen to those things. But I want to let you guys know that I want to let you guys know that tonight we are having a special here on Muddy Waters Media at 10 p.m. That while we continue to find out more information on this circumstance, as we continue to build out the case that our government doesn't care about us in the slightest way, you aren't required to be protected by them. They will not force themselves to protect you. They will not allow for you to protect you. Um, as this case continues to grow and be more and more sinister and obvious, um, we will let liberty rise. We will we will continue to come out here and have these conversations. And because of you guys sharing this out, because of you guys supporting this this platform, this show, and everything else, that we will continue having this. That we will continue to push this, and we will continue to see more and more people turn towards liberty, turn away from the government. Because you know, if I can use a quote that was said today there in Reno, um. Let me find it real quick. We don't have the power to change this. We have the right. And we need to be able to come out and exercise our rights 
band together, work together, and see the positive change for our societies that, that are necessary. Um, but like I was saying, tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, here on Muddy Waters Media, you're going to get Muddy Murica one more time. We have the uh, the LP National Chair Debate happening in Reno tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern. And so we, being Matt Wright and myself, we will be talking about that and pushing forward on a, on a conversation to not only hear what the chair candidates are saying, but also to be able to break some of that stuff down to, you know, maybe we can challenge it. Um, on what they're saying to see if they're saying the right things or if they're just trying to blow smoke up our asses. It's important that for us that as we continue to work towards discerning candidates as to what they truly mean and what they truly desire. So I hope you guys will join me, myself and Matt Wright tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern here on Muddy Waters Media. But outside of that, next Tuesday will be the last regularly scheduled live stream of Muddy Waters of Freedom with Matt Wright and Spike Cohen. And then they're going to go to their new segment, where they're going to be dropping three videos if you're a, a supporter on anchor.fm slash muddywaters. So anchor.fm slash muddywaters slash subscribe. You can get three episodes each and every week of Matt Wright and Spike Cohen. If you don't, sorry, there's only going to be two episodes for you guys. Two public facing, two free for you. So you guys will be able to enjoy that content after next week. Thursday night, writer's block, of course, coming back. Matt Wright will have another fantastic guest. He had Tony DeRazio on this last Thursday. And you got to learn a little bit about Regis Hillman. So go check that one out. Um, But the next Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, I will be back here. And I actually have Tony DeRazio on as well. So we'll see. Do we have the new chair of the Libertarian Party? Do we have the new chair coming on to the Mr. Murica, the Bearded Truth Show next Friday at 2 p.m.? Or do we just have an amazing activist, an amazing advocate, and a great guy coming on? Regardless, you guys are going to have to stay tuned for that. But with that, I hope you guys all enjoy the rest of your weekends. You guys have a great time. And I'll see you guys tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, back here, Muddy Waters Media, anywhere and everywhere that you guys get it. So I love you all.